The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. On the first day of the week, Mary of Magdala came to the tomb early in the morning while it was still dark and saw the stone removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and told them, They have taken the Lord from the tomb, and we don't know where they put him. So Peter and the other disciple went out and came to the tomb. They both ran, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter and arrived at the tomb first. He bent down and saw the burial cloths there. But did not go in. When Simon Peter arrived after him, he went into the tomb and saw the burial cloths there, and the cloth that had covered his head, not with the burial cloths, but rolled up in a separate place. Then the other disciple also went in, the one who had arrived at the tomb first, and he saw and believed. For they did not yet understand the scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. So we're here. It's Easter. It's been a long battle to get us to this point. If you've been walking with the scriptures and with the church through Lent, you know how powerfully Jesus has been confronting the powers of sin and death, challenging them over and over and over again, come take a piece of me, or I'm coming for you, death. And then we heard on Good Friday the beginnings of that battle. We heard how Jesus, gentle and peaceful, confronted the power of death through the power of love. And death took the first blow. And we see it on the cross. I want to take you back in your imagination just a little bit to kind of put this battle in perspective, this battle between Jesus and death. And a lot of historians talk about one of the most significant battles in world history. And it took place just outside of Athens. So I want you to imagine yourself as an Athenian. You're a Greek. Back in 490 B.C., it's fall, the weather is nice, but you know that your city-state, little old Athens, is on the hit list of the great empire next door, the Persian Empire, ruled by Darius I, 
And Darius I is ruthless. When you're on his hit list, your city-state, your town, your village, your people are going to go down. Because Darius doesn't mess around. He's never been defeated in battle. And he is coming for you and for Athens. Imagine yourself there. Now we know something that you in Athens doesn't know in 490 BC. We know that if this battle is lost by the Athenians, Western culture as we know it is gone. Now think back, and if you're a philosopher or an artist or a doctor, uh, you know how important Greek culture is. All of Western civilization flows out of that, the scientific method. If Athens loses, that's gone. Medicine, art, perspective in art, music, all of these things. Democracy itself, the idea of democracy, is gone if Athens loses this battle. Now you're cowering there in September of 490, and then you get a message that ships have arrived on the beach about 25 miles away. 100,000 troops of the Persian Empire sent by Darius, the undefeated emperor, are on the beach. And you know from your past experience that the best troops you can muster from Athens and all the surrounding areas are 10,000. Now you sent, sent word to Sparta, but hope is probably several days off. The troops are deployed and you wait. It looks hopeless. Persia, the Persian Empire, has never been defeated under Darius. And you wait for the hammer to fall. Death is coming for Athens and for you. There is no hope. And then, a messenger comes sprinting in and he says, Athens has defeated the Persian Empire and he collapses from exhaustion. How do you respond to that message? How do you respond to that message? Maybe you're like me and you say, I'm waiting for another messenger because I don't quite believe that. That's too good to be true. Or maybe you just hear it and your heart just leaps with joy. Praise God we are saved. How do you respond to that message to Athens? That battle I'm talking about is the Battle of Marathon. So anybody who's run a marathon or knows somebody who's run a marathon, it comes from that messenger who sprinted those 26.2 miles, legend says, to deliver that message. How do you hear that? Would you believe it? Would you believe it? 
See, that's just a pale reflection of the message that we hear today. Because there is an enemy that has been confronting humanity since the Garden of Eden. That enemy is death. Death comes for everyone. It is an undefeated enemy. And we know that Jesus took it on. Jesus challenged death. Jesus battled death. Jesus on the cross went into the realm of death for us to fight death, to take it by the neck and stomp on it, to defeat death. And we get that message today. We hear it in the gospel today, the empty tomb, that someone has beaten death. That Jesus is not in the grave. How do you respond to that news? Is it too good to be true? Or does your heart leap with joy? Maybe it's a mixture. But that's the news. That the enemy we have feared our whole life is defeated. Because you know, if death is not defeated, life's pretty sad. No matter how comfortable you are, no matter how happy you are at the moment, no matter what you're watching on Netflix now that you want to get back to or whatever it is, no matter how much good stuff there is, if death is the final word, it really doesn't matter very much, does it? It's all just going to waste away. But the message, Athens has defeated the Persian Empire. Jesus Christ has defeated death itself. I'm the messenger today. The Word of God that we heard is the messenger today telling us that truth. How do you respond to that message? In the Gospel, we heard Mary Magdala. She responds. She sees the empty tomb and is just confused and afraid. That message frightens her and she doesn't know what to do with it, so she runs. And then she tells Peter and John and they hear this message and they go to investigate. And they look into the tomb and they probe into it and then John, the other disciple whom Jesus loved, it says, and he saw and he believed. He believed the message that death had been conquered. Maybe it's because he was the disciple Jesus loved just like he loves you today. Can you believe the message of the good news? You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have it all figured out. Jesus did it all. He conquered death. But if you believe that message, your life is going to be different. You're going to live differently. Because death has no power. What's there to be afraid of? I'm going to live forever with God. 
Love is going to win. I'm going to live differently. I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to be beaten down. I don't have to be a slave. How do you respond to this message? For most of us, when we were a baby, somebody responded for us. When you were baptized, you were held in maybe your mom, your dad, your godparents, somebody's arms. And they said, I believe in God the Father. I reject Satan. I believe in Jesus Christ who died and rose from the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit for you. They said that for you. They believed that message for you. Or maybe you were older when you were baptized and you said it yourself. Or when you were confirmed, you renewed those promises. Or every single Sunday when you come up and you eat the body of the Lord and drink the blood of the Lord, you say, yes, I believe in this good news. This lamb that was slain, I eat his flesh because he's conquered death and saves me. How do you respond to this message today? See, in just a few moments, we're going to renew our baptismal promises. Father Jack and Deacon Tim and I are going to go to the back and we're going to ask you those questions. Do you reject Satan and death? And do you believe in Jesus Christ and life? And you're going to say, I hope I do. I do believe this message, even when it's hard, even if it seems too good to be true. I do. And then we'll come around and sprinkle you with that water. Just as the Israelites were sprinkled with the blood of the Lamb, we're sprinkled with the water of baptism, and we're saved by Jesus Christ because we believe the message that He has given us. Peter says it in the Acts of the Apostles, in that little short snippet of the sermon that we heard that Dan read for us, that Jesus went about doing good and healing people and delivering them from the oppression of the devil and evil. And then he was killed, but then he rose. He conquered death for us. So there is nothing to be afraid of. You can believe the message. Now I invite us to go back to the font to hear and to accept this message of new life. If you would all stand and kind of pivot back to the front. Great message and thanks for your words, Lincoln. I'm glad you don't have to run 25 miles to get it here because, God, it never happened. That I know. You know, we blessed this water last evening, and now you're going to be invited to renew your baptismal promises. Pretty tough. Bill, you can handle it. Six questions you answer, I do every time, and if you don't, your wife will kick you in the back. <laughs> so I ask you to renew your promises right now. Do you reject Satan? I do. And all his works? I do. And all his empty promises? Do you believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth? I do. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was born of the Virgin Mary, suffered and buried, rose from the dead, and is now seated at the right hand of the Father? I do. 
Do you believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting? This is the faith of our church, and we are proud to profess it in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen.